Welcome back, y'all, to some Comics Corner. Oh, boy, oh, boy, do we got some news for you today. We got all so- sorts of stuff going on. I think we took, well, a week off. We took two weeks off. Two weeks we're off. We're back, people. But we're back. We're I had to catch back. up on Loki. Took me a long time to watch those six episodes. <laughs> but I did also see Black Widow in that time. Sean came through, read some Kingdom Come. Enjoyed? Loved it, man. It's fantastic. Those books, any Alex Ross books to me, make you want to read more Alex Ross work just because the art is so enthralling. Yeah. So, like, I mean, every, we were just talking about it before we came in, every panel, there's something going on. For guys who don't know about Alex Ross, we've talked about him on the show before. Very beautiful oil painting style yeah. of drawing. It's not your traditional pencils and inks. It's, Something to be seen. It is. I mean, it truly is like breathtaking work. And the story of it is also really great, I think. The story is fantastic. It's um, something that I feel like they've tried to do on like Justice League shows or like things of that nature. But this just gives them a, a cooler medium to do it uh, in a world where there's, you know, uh, what do they call them? Metahumans, basically. Yeah, it's all. That are, they're plentiful, you know. And some of them aren't so great. And uh Problems are happening. Well, I like that idea, too, of this book kind of goes to the next generation of heroes, which has obviously been done before in your, like, Teen Titan shit. But this is kind of more as those people become older. And there's really no more villains because the next generation became, like, way more fucking aggro and, like, just were killing off people. Well, even from their generation, with was it Magog? Yeah, Magog is just like, kills the Joker. He's like, I'm done messing around with this. Yeah, they, I'm just gonna end all the and that's how because then they eventually just start fighting each other. They're like, fuck it, dude. We're all just fighting. And like Superman was salty. I feel like even Batman was like, oh well, you just saved me a lot. Yeah, a lot I mean, time. I wasn't gonna do it, so <laughs> fuck it. If you want to kill him, go for it. Yeah, he just like kind of turned, you know, turns the blind eye. Well, and then I'm even, not looking. Even the big kind of crux of the story is Magog uh, killing. The what was it? The Atomic Man or Parasite or something? Or Parasite kills like Captain Adam or something. Captain Comet dies. Captain Comet. But that's not until that big brawl at the Gulag that Superman built. That's the other thing. Like Superman built the jail for all these metahumans. Like oh yeah, kind of jacked up. Well, because they kill off all of um, what was it Kansas? Maybe yes. They million, kill off like a million people. Million died. people in Kansas, and the whole story is told through this their perspective of the specter and this old man. Yes. Who's a pastor. And I Norman like, McKay. Yeah. And I like that because the great grandfather of Adam McKay, I assume the comedy writer. The, right. Um, it's actually spelled different. Two, two C's kind of weird. Um, but I did think that getting that perspective from those angles is a lot easier because you cut out a lot of the, interpersonal conversation or kind of just the extra context of people having, you know, all these overdrawn out conversations about stuff. You're just getting like this brief history of what's happened. And that kind of adds to like, cool. I'm just getting the actual like cliff notes here of why all this, I didn't need any extra panels about stuff. Like I just want to see how everything progressed and went like, off the fucking rails. Yeah, it was just cool that it was a cool way to tell the story. Yeah. You know, where it's just like he's almost like a um, Ebenezer Scrooge Christmas Carol type a scenario. A thousand percent, yeah. Until, which was very interesting, the one scene where they're on their little space station thing that Green Lantern built or whatever, and 
somehow like the flash because he can kind of go in between in between moments he he snatches them up yoink and they're just like yo old man what do you where'd you come from what are you doing here yeah they're but i like the way that they took all of those heroes and kind of took him into their most extreme of what they would do if things got the worst yeah i obviously you know <laughs> superman basically superman wonder woman and even batman to some extent are the main characters yeah i could have used a little bit more flash yeah i think like even green lantern was in it a decent amount yeah i think flash was all of them kind of seemed like they hit mental breaks and like you get green lantern rebuilding was it coast city basically in the sky yeah yeah and kind that of having cool. the emerald city up there you have the Flash, who is literally just constantly running and getting rid of all crime in the city yeah. because he just felt like, you know, I could have done more. And it's like, it, yeah, I get uh, it. Yeah, I love when it shows you what they've all been up to. Like, um, the, with Batman, he has just, like, the army of, like, the mecha robots. Yep. And they're just like, well, what's Batman been up to? Or, like, is Gotham City safe? And, like, whoever it was just like... Gotham's fine. Gotham's okay. <laughs> he, uh, uh, Bruce Wayne's got it under control. But then it's also interesting when they say, like, oh, like, uh, his uh, secret identity w- had been revealed. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember who found out, but they were like, oh, yeah, they found out who I was, and they came into my bat cave and just fucked it oh, up. Oh, I want to say, yeah, it was two, like, pretty it was, classic Yeah, it was Two-Face and someone else. They yeah, said, Two-Face yeah. and maybe Poison Ivy or something like that. Something like that. But I yeah. kind of wish we had gotten to see some more of the older villains. Just because I kind of want to see the Alex Ross rendition yeah. of how some of those people looked. At the end of the day, you know, this this book is that classic Batman and Superman, both really awesome heroes and legends, but they, they stand for two completely different it, things. Yeah, it's different it, sides, same coin situation. There's actually like one of the last like panels. I want to do like a table read with you of that. Like oh, when, the when they're in the diner, oh, them and yeah. Superman. And they break the news, which also also cool. You find out at the very end of the book, spoiler, that uh, Wonder Woman and Superman have a baby. Oh yeah! And I couldn't just help but think about uh, him plowing her mo- down. Well, that of course. And this and this beautiful Alex Ross. I want to see Alex <laughs> Ross draw Superman's the, penis. Yeah. What's the like uh, the pro, like the prolude or whatever where it's just yeah Superman just like plowing down <laughs> Wonder Woman in this very like artistic oil painting yeah. style. You can see every bead of sweat yeah. going down his fucking head. No, but uh, like I just made me think of Mallrats when they're talking about Lois Lane could never have Superman's baby. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you shoot a load like a shotgun through her back. <laughs> well, and then you also isn't Batman like very much like he's like. I saw this coming. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. Knew. he he knew what they were gonna tell him. And yeah, because he's he, like, I he's saw the that world's you got greatest fat. detective. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> you're so he noticed fat he, now. She gained two pounds. <laughs> yeah, he two pounds more like twenty. Yeah, come on. You definitely know that, like Batman back in the day, is like measuring his girlfriends. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely being like really. Cre- yeah, there's a lot of really. He's like Bobby George things. at fucking Barley House, making sure his waitresses don't get fat. <laughs> you need more flair on this shirt. <laughs> You know oh. he does that, right? Oh, I 100%. He makes them sign up. Uh, uh, he hires them as models. Yeah. So, so he can tell them, you know, what they have to look like or whatever. Which is, you know, that's how Batman hires people in the Justice League. Yeah. You're not a superhero. You're technically a model, and but we fight crime. So also, you know, this book's cool because you just get to see what these people look like when they're getting older. And with, with Batman, with Bruce Wayne, you know, he's basically, it's basically, oh, like, it was realistic in the sense that he had been beating up his body for 50 years or whatever. Now yeah. he has to have, like, mechanical 
uh, aids to it for his arms and his legs and his like yeah, I mean, chest. Because you even get it's like a, it's like a framed like suit almost. I feel like that's probably where, I mean, other than just common sense, but where like Dark Knight Rises kind of got some of that. Look how beat up Batman is. Yeah, because it does make a ton of sense to be like, dude, you are getting even if you're winning these fights, getting in a fight takes a lot out of one's body. To just fight every night like that, you would be so broken and dilapidated. There'd be zero chance that, like, you don't just have, like, zero cartilage left in your body. Like, your whole body is probably just, like, Percocets and, like, (laughs) dark liquors. Yep. Like, that is 100% how Batman functions, is just being the most beat-up dude on the planet. Mm -hmm. And, like, it was also uh, earlier you see it even in... um Frank Miller's Dark Knight. Yeah. So like it, it's it's basically it's always like the chickens are gonna come home to roost. Batman. Like it's the same thing with all of us. Like growing up, rollerblading, skateboarding, snowboarding. Whatever, like, yeah. Dude, like our joints are fucked. Like and also Batman really is one of the few just like regular people in DC. Yeah. Like everyone else has superpowers. He's one of the few that's just like yeah, I'm kind of a pretty regular guy. I'm just rich. So, yeah, I had this idea when I was having a drink at the bar last night where we'll do this quick read, but you only have one line. So oh, it's perfect. perfect. And you're going to, I want, I want you to give me your best Batman voice, okay? Oh, I can do that. So I want you to read this panel where they're in the diner, just this one right here, where they're in the diner and they're kind of having like a heart to heart, him and Superman. But we're of such different schools. You, Clark, or you and Clark, you rule by trust. I rely on fear. <laughs> And then to which Superman replies, then let's talk about what we're all most afraid of. Look at the lesson we just learned. Right now, the scales of the world power are balanced, but still too easy to tip. Our child, more than any other, will need the leaving influence of a mortal man. A mortal man who we can all count on. You're right about me. Trust is the center of my world. But I don't know if that makes me an expert on it. But I know I trust you. Despite our differences over the years, I always have. And then they hug. Mm-mm. And then they have a big old hug. I got a little, I got a little choked up they, there. Um, and this is such a cool thing. So, you know, Batman, he, he intimidates people with fear. Yeah. He, that's, how he run, that's how he rolls. And then with Batman, it's more of a, a concept of trust that at the end of the day, humans are basically good. Yeah, we've Superman, seen otherwise, but Superman well, could keep believing that. Yeah, Superman thinks that because he's not from Earth. Batman believes that because he is from Earth and is like, no, people suck, yeah. and they're gonna do shitty things. I, I honestly, and I love that they use that word trust. I had like an epiphany one night where I was like, I really do feel like the majority of the world's problems are all stemmed from the concept of trust or lack thereof. Well, yeah, or lack I of. I don't trust you because you're this color. I don't trust you because you worship this god. I don't trust you because you yeah. have more money. And that's how I really think that's like how all the majority of the world's problems come down to. I'm oversimplifying. But But no, I totally agree with you. I think that makes a ton of sense that like, yeah, if you believe in something else, then it's like, how can I trust you to do this when you can't even understand like these concepts that. But that's also a huge thing of people who are just like um, people who just it's such an archaic way of thinking now, too, of like, yeah, I'm. It's just understanding now more than anything that, like, yeah, you don't have to, like... You don't have to trust have, everybody. ...have full trust in everyone. Like, that's insanity. Yeah. But um, speaking of, in some other little DC news, we got some images of 
first images from the new Flash movie. Oh, really? We got some of that. We also have James Wan coming back for Aquaman 2. I don't know if you're a big Aquaman 1 fan. Uh, I thought they already made Aquaman. Or like they've, they've been talking about this for a while. Yeah, it's, I never saw the first one. I heard mixed reviews. It's, I, it's completely fine. It's Jason Momoa, while being great actor, huge physical specimen, is just not the uh, Aquaman in my mind. I don't know why that is. It just... He's too broy, yeah. And I don't, bit. and I don't think I get there. Are people who are able to redefine a character, Robert Downey Jr. is like the perfect example of Iron Man. wasn't like a cool, quippy guy. He was more just like a really ultra depressing alcoholic in the comics. And then Robert Downey Jr. was like, "Hey, let me put my own spin on it." But it's like Jason Momoa seems like he didn't try and even fit in it at all. He was like, we're just going to do this thing, and it's going to be like, whoa, come on, dudes. Let's get back in the ocean. <laughs> and it's like, That was a spot-on impression, up. bro. Like, spot-on. I think that's my big problem with a lot of that DC universe is all those people feel really shoehorned in <laughs> to the universe that you're like, this isn't what any of these characters seem like to me. So who would you cast as... Aquaman. As an Aquaman. So, because for me, I know, and I feel like I've said this before, I kind of get hung up on the hair color. Like, there's so many blonde heroes in the DC yeah. and Marvel, and like, there's no like blonde actors out there, male actresses. And, and I can, and like, I can agree though that I don't, I think it's easy to say it's like, oh, because they don't look like this person. Right. But I think there are people who don't look like the hero or whoever they were in the comic that you can still fit it in. It's just like, they're turning these characters into something that people are so tied to, and you're just totally changing how they behave. Right. And it's just not... And it's weird because it's almost like a shitty... It is like, in DC terms, it's like a bizarro version of them. Well, I haven't seen Aquaman, so like, is it at least like... Because Aquaman's whole thing, he's like, dude, I don't really care about Earth. Like, I'm more concerned about my people. Oh, the underwater? Yeah. yeah, he's very... He's still hype on Earth. Like, he's still about that life. And then the talking underwater thing is always just very jarring. What do you mean? Like, I think in this one, I want to say they just talk normal with, like, no air bubbles coming out. Yeah. But it's just one of those things that it's just, there's something weird about it. But they're clearly it. in water? There's not, they're, like, a dome or anything? No, or? they didn't do the dome for these ones. They were just like, yeah, we can just talk underwater. <laughs> and it's like, I don't know. There's just, it's not an ultra interesting world for me either. There's not a ton of great rogues. There's not, like a bunch of this other mythology going on. And then also Amber Heard just seems her like whole little off screen stuff just really like sullies mm -hmm. her for me. She wears like a red wig in it that just looks so brutal. It's I, it'll be hard to see if I go see another DC movie. Yeah, I know. I hear you, man. Because after Wonder Woman 84... We I've pretty much kiboshed the whole DC movie universe. Yeah, I like they had the gold suit in Kingdom Come though. Like the they do have the Golden Eagle suit. Yeah, in Kingdom badass. Come. So guys, yeah, honestly, Kingdom Come, check it out. You could probably get it at the library. Alex Ross, Mark Wade, do yourself a favor. Oh, it's absolutely worth every bit of the read. Now, uh, you went and checked out Black Widow this I, weekend. I saw Black Widow. It is like I said, it's weird because there's not a ton of stakes to the movie. 
because Black Widow's already dead. So this is almost a prequel. It takes place in between Civil War and Endgame. And they, they or make, Civil War and Infinity War. And they make that pretty clear. Yeah. Uh, they talk about people being on the run. She's kind of on the run because yeah. uh, of Sokovia Accord shit. So that's where she kind of ends up getting brought back into this whole Russia story. So they're a little bit of spoilers. We find, and they always have been hinting at her past in the Avengers movies. They, they go a little bit more in depth with that. Yeah, they go into her past and stuff. You kind of figure out all those things. It really did seem like a movie that Kevin Feige told like Scarlett Johansson, like, I promise you we're going to make a Scarlet or a black widow movie, Scarlet like, widow, a Scarlet widow movie. And it's, you're watching it and you're just like, yeah, knowing Marvel, you get this extra little background. They introduce Florence Pugh, who is this her sister. It's her sister, not her blood sister, but Again, a little spoiler, in the beginning of the movie, they're kind of playing uh, Russian spies in America, actually in Ohio, oh. and she's her sister while they're playing this family or whatever, um, and they kind of reconnect, blah, 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 blah. I think Florence Pugh's really good. I'm wondering, she has a pretty thick accent in the movie, yeah. so I'm wondering if we're going to get a Scarlet Witch disappearing accent moment where Scarlet Witch just like no longer has the Sokovian accent anymore. But that was just when she was in like her fantasy land though, right? That in the first two in like the first two movies she's in, she kind of has like a Sokovian yeah. kind of like accent and then eventually it just kind of wears away. I mean like in WandaVision. It's not Oh there. in WandaVision yeah, she but, barely has it at all. Well that yeah that was like on purpose though. Yeah, I think she's just Americanizes really quickly. <laughs> and I think that's also supposed to kind of dictate how young they are. Because when you're younger, you're able to kind of transition into like a newer accent better than when you're like an older person. You're like, this is just how I fucking talk. I'm not changing it. Yep, yep. Um, but Florence Pugh is really good in it. You get... Um, Who's the dude from Stranger Things? Yeah, I always forget his uh, name. Oh, man. that's Andy plays such a phenomenal Hellboy. I can't imagine that I forgot his name. Yeah. But he plays Red Guardian. Yeah. Popper. Yeah, Popper. I, I just call him Hopper. That's all you um, <laughs> I call him Popper. They call, <laughs> call him the big Popper. What if John Popper... Uh, that's who it is. Role? It was actually John Popper in the movie as Red Guardian. So <laughs> Red Guardian. And that is from like the Black Widow like series so specifically. So he's... Basically, they're he's called... He's the Russian Captain America, right? He's the Russian Captain America. Super soldier? Yeah. He's like a rough a rough super soldier version. He also is in... Maybe it's like the Crimson Guard or something, where it's basically Russia's answer to the Avengers and shit. But something that was crazy in it is we technically get our first mutant. Um, it's not said exciting. It's not said officially, but basically there's a scene in the beginning where David Harbor is the guy's name. I knew yes. he'd come to me. I knew I thought it was uh, David. I didn't want to yeah. say that though. Um, so he's in a Russian prison. That's kind of like, you know, some weird big gulag. The gulag yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Siberia. He is arm wrestling dudes and just housing them. 
while he's getting tattooed, it's kind of supposed to show how strong he is. This monster of a guy comes up and is talking to him. They call him uh, Ursa and Bears or whatever. And he just <laughs> fucking snaps this dude's wrist. Bears on unicycles, typical yeah. Russian shit. You know? Well, come to find out. So they do give him mention his first name and who he is is this character major ursa so yeah i've heard that it's this mutant who can turn into like a giant bear oh um he obviously never turns into is a ursa gi- russian for it, bear i think ursa is even like a latin because i want to say that that's like the family tree of bears is like ursa or something along those lines something with all those fucking letters gotcha but um yeah i guess this guy he's like some danish you know, bodybuilder or whatever, like ask the director after like if that was him. And he's like, I've been, I was staying up in my room all night because I was so excited to play this hero. And it's like, I get it. And I'm not here to necessarily shit on everyone's dreams. But like, dude, this is the loosest version of playing a mutant ever. Yeah. Like no one else knows. Out of all the mutants, it had to be Ursa. That's why I kind of, I would prefer that. I was talking to someone else about it. I would prefer to just get... I don't want our first mutants to be a Jean Grey, a Professor X, a Psych... Like, anyone that you immediately know, I'd rather it just be people that get peppered into the universe slowly but surely. And as we're getting used to people having powers or abilities, it's less for us to be like, well, how'd they get that one? We're kind of just like, oh, I kind of just get it. And I think now, which perfect transition with everything that happened in Loki, I think we're going to start seeing an amalgamation of different universes coming together. I don't want any spoilers, but just are there, is there like a mid credit and end credit scene? End credit scene? No mid credit. I don't think there was a mid credit. Did scene. you stay or did you just watch I it later? I did stay. Yeah. Um, we kind of cool, kind of whack. It is. Ultra similar to Falcon Winter Soldier. I'll say that. Okay. So, uh, JLD back back on the screen. JLD. Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Oh, yeah, that's right. Right, right, right. Uh, um, Miss Hydra or whatever? Or? Yeah, ma- whatever the fuck character. It seems, which you could tell from um, Falcon Winter Soldier, it seems like she's trying to build her own kind of team thing. So yep. I'm thinking we're going to get that kind of maybe not necessarily like a dark Avengers, maybe more like a Thunderbolts, which is kind of just uh, it seems like we're getting the polar opposite version of when Nick Fury first brought together the Avengers and is going sure. to get everyone. Now it seems like Julia Louis-Dreyfus is like doing that shit. Um, so out of 10, what do you think? Six, um, seven out of 10, six out of 10, what do you think? I would what? give it... I'd probably give it a 7 out of 10. Um, it wasn't the best Marvel movie. There's parts in it where you're like, these two have so much... Their, their brains have to literally be busting out of their heads from being so swollen from all the concussions going on. <laughs> like, especially to think that it's like, oh, none of you... Neither of you have superpowers. There's one guy here with powers, and that's your you know alleged dad or whatever, the Red Guardian. And it's like after that, you really don't get you're just it's very bizarre how much they're fucking just getting they're in two car accidents that ninety-nine percent of people would die in. 
Um, and then you get Taskmaster. So there is kind of a little Taskmastery twist. Cool. That I didn't see coming, but then if you are watching the movie pretty close, you could probably foreshadow it a little bit, and you're like, oh, that, I get it. Sweet. Um, well, yeah, I'll probably check that out. But yeah, it's definitely, that's definitely worth it. And I mean, I think the piece de la resistance of the last two weeks we've been off has been Loki. Oh, my God. How, it, how are we feeling? It, it just was a great, I mean, first of all, six episodes is perfect. A hundred percent agree. And I don't think a lot of people, you get some people who are upset about it. Yeah. Where, oh, why is it so short? But it's like, this is a movie. This show, all these shows are on par with the Marvel movies. This isn't how fucking uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. looked or even the Marvel Netflix shows. Like, this, you can watch one, a, Mar- or a Disney Marvel movie and then immediately jump over and watch WandaVision and you don't lose any quality of acting, of it getting filmed. Like, they're all exactly on it's par. It's crisp, man, yeah. Yeah, it's crisp and it's like, to make... I think what we're, they're doing is if they're going for the 20, 30-minute episodes, they're, we're going to get eight. And then if they're going for the full you know, 40-minute-plus 40, 40 episodes, we're going to get six. And I can live with that. I, it does annoy me that it's probably like 10 minutes of credits. Oh, my God. I know. Every time I'm always like, it's just kind of weird that they do that. But I was... Um the f- I don't know. How do you feel like there's going to be a second? How do you feel about there being a second season? So spoilers. Con- yeah, we're definitely it. we're getting a second season. Um, I don't think it was planned. So oh really? The director, Catherine something. I want to say her name was. Yeah, yeah. Um, she came out and was like, "Oh, we didn't like plan on doing a second season," which I get. Uh, you know, no one knows how well these shows are going to do, or whether the story is going to even allow for a second season. Or what Marvel wants to do. But, yeah, they came back. I'm excited for a second season. I think Tom Hiddleston's just so good. Yeah. And Owen Wilson did such a great job in the show. It's like... I, everyone on that show was very good. Did really uh, Was well. it Ravana, uh, the judge? Oh, yeah. Uh, the the one, I think, B-15 Hunter? Hunter B-15. Dude, she was... I mean, everyone was fantastic on that show. You had a lot of really good... Who was your favorite Loki? version? Favorite version of Loki... Um, man, I feel like the fan favorite for everyone is going to be, uh, the alligator, alligator Loki. <laughs> no, man. Classic Loki. He was fucking classic. Dope. Loki was really good too. He was awesome. Uh, and I mean, they nailed the costume. Was, I like, love that they keep bringing back the old costume looks like they did it in WandaVision on the yeah. one Halloween episode where they have their original and costumes. I think that's smart because it does. You're always going to have these people who Whoa, that's not what he really looks like. And they're like, well, fuck you. Here, and I love here how, you go. <laughs> I love how that's like the dumbest response from all these morons. We're like, that's not how he really looks. It's like, you want to know how he really looks? Like nothing. He doesn't exist. <laughs> this is a comic book. Yeah. But like, yeah, I thought they did a great job with that. The, I think least favorite was Boastful Loki. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Like Black Eye. I didn't really yeah. get like <clears throat> that version of him. Kid Loki. I'm wondering if we're going to end up eventually getting in a young avengers oh because we're really gearing up for a big young avengers right now i could see it we've got uh the kid captain america which is the like that second cat oh my god who is the captain america the black guy 
from Falcon Winter Soldier where they go see him in Baltimore and shit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that guy, the kid who answers the door. Yeah, yeah. He in the comics goes on to be, you know, USA lad or some shit like that and takes up the Captain America mantle. Then you've got Speed and Wicked. I mean, we're starting to get a lot of these characters that do do become big characters in the MCU. And I think if Disney and Marvel do a good job at, you know, keeping up their skills, it's like, you already got a bunch of fucking people ready to roll that I'm sure cost fucking nothing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, so getting back to classic Loki, I loved that they focused on his magical aspects. Yeah. He was like, I don't carry a blade. Like, fuck that. Like, you know, do using these those types of tools stifles your magic and you're, exactly. you're, you're holding yourself back. And that's why he was so much more fucking powerful magic-wise yeah. than um, all the other Lokis. And I love the offshoot where that's like the alternate universe of where classic Loki came from. Like, well, what happened when you faced Thanos? He's like, oh, I made a fucking clone of myself that was so convincing it fooled the Mad Titan himself. And, and he, like, w- escaped. And just left, yeah. And he's like, and he was like lived in exile. He was kind of by himself, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's... But then the TVA caught up. He was basically dead. Yeah. And then some do they mention what happened that he had to that he kind of revealed himself because as, from my understanding of the show basically the, he knew that he was not, that was not supposed to happen and the TVA was after him so he was just, he had been hiding kind of like Sylvia yeah. did for a while. Well, I think a lot of them too. And then eventually he's like, "Yeah, hey, you got me." Well, yeah, I think he left the planet he was maybe on or something yeah. that he that's what caused him to be like, "Oh yeah, I'm like gone." Like they know that's why they're able to hide in these timelines when it was like, oh, I'm not changing anything. I'm really not doing anything. Or this timeline's going to get destroyed yeah. anyway. So it doesn't matter. I would love to see on the second season little um, insights into like some of the other Loki's like timeline. Like like that President Loki. Yeah. Like, oh, let's, like how did that come to be? I want to see that as like a little side story or... Um, or even classic Loki, Kid Loki. You know, maybe they show the scene where he does kill Thor. And did you see... Uh, they had the Throg, a.k.a. Frog Thor cameo in when they're going into their little Loki lair. Yeah. There's a frog jumping, trying to reach for um, a Molnir that's in the ground. Yeah. That, you're in the jar. Yeah. That's, yeah, yeah. that's Frog Thor. Okay. Or, yeah. Because I, I, I had to rewind. I'm like, whoa, what, what the fuck was that? Yeah. <laughs> and Chris Hemsworth actually came back to voice it because in the first episode of Loki when they're doing him watching his life on TV or whatever. I guess there was a clip of uh Loki turning Thor into a frog. Yeah. But the Which pe- is a classic Kirby storyline that Walter Simonson actually redid. Yeah, and I think they were saying that basically they were going to do it, but it would have just been way too much of pulled everyone away because right. it is like this weird fan favorite thing yeah, that like is. all of us wouldn't have paid attention to what was going and they're on. always mentioning they even mentioned it in ragnarok when he's doing like the loki yeah. play yeah when like, he's like, he's like remember you turned me into a frog because it was quite funny <laughs> it was quite funny um and then i think one of the biggest parts of that whole series well before i get to that how'd you feel about sylvie it was a cool character you know uh there was the the relationship between them felt genuine. You yeah, know? it was it was um, just a good. You need that that buddy cop uh, kind of flow to the storyline. I, I dug it. I thought it was cool. I was gonna say I was all on board until kind of the very end there, when I just wasn't. 
I get the anger of it, but it's just one of those things where they, you know, end up meeting this version of Kang, which is a lot of people have been saying it's a Mortis, which I want. So Kang has obviously gone through time, you know, pretty much how the story lays it out in there that there's all these versions of him. Yeah, it's a great bag. He does a great job of explaining it. Yeah, and it's a very good explain to me like I'm five type version too, <laughs> where you get a little bit of, you know, some visual for it, but it sets up the multiverse really well. But you do have multiple versions of Kang that have come from the future, which is the past, which is blah, blah, blah. So you get Raman Tut, which was him going back to ancient Egypt to try and kidnap Apocalypse and use Apocalypse as mm-hmm. means to take over the world. You get Amortis, who actually meets the real timekeepers in the comics and does start the TVA and kind of has the same role that he plays in this one. You get a version of Kang that comes back as a child and becomes Iron Lad in the Young Avengers. Oh. But the big one that everyone knows about is regular... Kang the Conqueror, and I think that's where him laying it down seemed like a really easy, logical thing to say, hey, we probably shouldn't kill this guy. <laughs> right. Like, even if he's lying, the whole, any other outcome is worse than whatever this guy's saying right now. And I mean... Well, Sylvie thought otherwise. <laughs> it, and that was the part that I was like, you idiot. Right. And he, he He's even, telling you this is not going to end well. And I think it's because he does to deep down know that he can manipulate her to kill him. Because I think he was just so tired of living that life that he was like, cool, let's just go do something else. Yep. He knows he's getting reborn. He's not worried about anything. He's like, I'm coming back. You guys are going to have to fuck. Good luck fighting the other versions of me. That are going to be a night. It's uh, it's going to be interesting. And I think, because um, I think the next movie we get that touches base on it might be Doctor Strange 2. Probably. Because I know Doctor Strange 2 and um, Spider-Man are both very heavily going to be revolving around the multiverse. Right, which, which I'm ready for, man. It's going to be so cool. So you think maybe like Loki Season 2 will come out after all that? I think Loki Season 2 will get after all that stuff um, because I don't think we're going to... Remember, we're not getting Kang again until Ant-Man and the Wasp 3, Quantumanium, which is not for a hot minute. Right. I mean, I want to say it's 2023 or something like sure. that. So it's like we're going to get a bunch of these movies that dig into the multiverse and expand it without Kang Kang being the one pulling the string or without Kang being fully revealed. But I am hoping we get him as someone who's able to pull the strings more. Like I was talking with someone, I think Thanos was a really good brawler type big bad. He's obviously just like brute strength. Yeah, Kang is so much more of a tactician and like intellectual. I just don't want to see people throwing punches at Kang. No, no. They, they know they have to take a different angle. You know, that. and I yeah. think him being able to manipulate people, like in when they're in the uh, Oblivion or whatever it was called, you do see there's a couple of really good Easter eggs, one being the Thanos copter, which loved that because in, what was it, the 70s or something, Thanos notoriously had his own helicopter that was also purple that he flew in. Oh, God. Um, but you also get a giant 
size version of the yellow jacket armor. Oh. So remembering that at the end of the first Ant-Man, Yellow Jacket, everyone thinks died, when really now we know that you can just go into the microverse, so he might not be dead. So I'm I'm excited. I want to start seeing some of the villains come back. Mm-hmm. Like some of the villains that aren't gone, I want to see get used in a different way. Like even them bringing back Batroc the Leaper for fucking... Uh, Falcon Winter Soldier. I was like, awesome. Yeah, that he's still around. Like that's a fun part of comics where you're like, oh, I remember this person. Yeah, I don't need a whole movie about Ghost, but I would like Ghost to be in another movie because then you're able to be. It adds that connectivity to it that you're like, oh, awesome. And I think Kang's a perfect person to be like, hey, let me just manipulate you really quick. I'm a super genius. It's not gonna be that hard. You're already fucking insane. Mm-hmm. So, and then we're also getting Abomination back in She-Hulk. So it's like, yeah, let's bring these people, let's get people back in here. Yeah, it's going to be an exciting time. Phase four. Phase four and phase five, I think whatever we're... Whatever phase, we'll keep phasing it out. Yeah, I'm just, I thought, I'm just so looking forward to Jonathan Majors as our new big bad for Kang. Yeah, absolutely. We're here for it. I think he's going to be fucking... In insane, and I think he's just going to do a really good job of being very ominous. I also am interested with Loki with the next season, kind of seeing into like more what these people's like. Like, like, oh, like I want a flashback of like what Owen Wilson was doing yeah. before he became a variant. And, and now I wonder, do they know? I'm wondering if they all know that they're variants because you go back and you get kind of the Planet of the Apes style. Okay, now it's not the time authority or not time authority, timekeepers with the statues. It's just a statue of Kang. Do all these people now know, like, yeah, I'm a variant? Mm-hmm. You know, what the, the, for lack of a better term, the Immortus character was like, oh, we'll pretend and like everyone's fine. Where it seems like now this new one's just going to be like, I run this shit. I'm in charge. And it's, I wonder what we're bringing in through all these new timelines. Yeah, I would hate to see, like, the whiteboard at, like, Marvel Studios for, like, what they're trying to figure out, what they're doing with, like, Doctor Strange well, and this multiverse. Say, like, oh, we got this going on in this verse and this and that. Like, it's gonna, it's probably all over the place, but they're trying to get it neat and tidy, you know? The, and that's another hard part. Oh, is, it ain't easy. And I know Kevin Feige called, he called the meeting of the minds and was like, this is how the multiverse is gonna work. Which, 100, you have to do. Because there's so much shit that's where the comics go off the rails a bunch of times, too, is it just takes one writer to throw in some dumbass offhand comment or some throwaway story. Yeah, like, shit, now we have to, like, revolve something around this. That now literally fucks up the whole, like, continuity of how this multiverse works. And you're like, way to go, dude. You were getting... And it's probably guys who are like, I'm getting fired next week. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. I will fuck up the next 20 years of stories for That's you. That's right. Just to do this. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm interested to see how this affects us getting mutants in the universe, us getting Fantastic Four coming in the universe. I mean, even how are we going to get three Spider-Men in the next Spider-Man movie? I don't think that's going to be where their troubles lay, you know? I just, I, I'm interested to see how, because this also leads to, we might be able to get 
a regular just Miles Morales into the old MCU yeah. and just switch out Tom Holland, send him right over into the Sony universe. Bada bing, bada boom. You know, I keep forgetting about, you know, that Spider-Man, like Spider-Verse shit, like that. Kind of, we kind of already got our multiverse intro, yeah. like with that. And it'd be kind of cool even if they like in the new movies, like uh, like new Doctor Strange and stuff, if they like end up in the Spider-Verse and like, everyone's animated Mention all it. of a sudden, you know, like. Yeah, I'm wondering what, I want to know what we're going to get. The, to me, it'd be really cool to get a movie of them jumping through all these universes and timelines and stuff. But I also feel like that's a little hokey because it takes away some of the actual value of the movie where you're just excited to be like, whoa, they're in ancient Rome times now. Whoa, it's this version. It's just I only need so many Easter eggs now. Yeah, I like Easter. I'm especially with Loki. I realize that it's cool to see some of these Easter eggs. It's even cooler when they actually matter. Well, there'll, there'll probably be some long scene or montage where they go through all these like goofy little universes, you know, yeah. like one where everyone it's exactly the same as ours, but everyone wears a sailor's hat or something, you know. Yeah, <laughs> and my and there'll be a bunch of little goofy one. Because my question like too that. is now we've opened this Pandora's box of everything, and our next two movies have really not a lot of multiverse shit at all. Because our next two movies are going to be Eternals and Shang Chi. Yeah. And it's like neither of those, Immortals or, or Eternals, Eternals? Eternals. Eternals to me also seems like it's a one and done movie because you have all these big ass actors. You have Angelina Jolie, Selma Hayek, like all these people that I'm sure aren't getting their absolute top dollar because it's a large cast, but you're not bringing any of these motherfuckers back. No. You know what I mean? They're trying to cut off all these people who are getting these huge paychecks right now because they want to have people who are more up and coming that don't need to get paid Robert Downey Jr. And they're like, we've determined that we don't need that to make a good movie. Yeah. So what's it matter? Like, we don't have to rely on one person. We can rely on this cast of characters. So I'm interested to see if those have any kind of connection to the upcoming Marvel Universe. Like, are the Ten Rings in Shang-Chi? Are those multiversal? Mm-hmm. Something like that? Yeah. Like, that's what I could think. It's just, I'm... Eternals is the first Marvel movie I'm officially not excited for. Mm-hmm. I don't know anything about it, which is insane. Yeah, I know. I'm a little surprised. It, you, and the only reason we're getting this movie is because they wanted to do that in Humans movie with Vin Diesel where Vin Diesel was going to play Black Bolt, another Marvel role for him to just either not talk or say under, you know, five unique words. Yeah, I'm not... A, they, no one likes the Inhumans. They're whack. Well, they want to do Inhuman... Here was the I'll big... only watch it if the like, Fantastic Four is in it. Uh, 100%. You're right. And the, I, this was the exact thought process of, well, we don't have X-Men, so that's our big team up. We did Avengers... Those kind of those work really well, but we have to do all these individual films first to build them up. They're like, oh, well, we have Inhumans. They start doing the Inhumans thing, and then Avi Arad got his fucking little hands on it, and he was like, we could make it a television show, and they did that. That was canceled within like, I think they have 
the pilot might be the only episode out. Jesus. And it, I don't even think it's on Disney Plus because right. they're just like, don't let anyone see this ever again. And then, so they burned that bridge and they were like, well, what's our next big team up thing? And I think they kind of landed on Eternals, but it's just not a huge, it's not a huge Marvel like backstory. Yeah. I get it. They made the mutants essentially because they fucked with everyone's DNA, but it's like, who gives a shit? I don't. I just don't. (laughs) I also don't. I've determined period pieces and comics. I'm out, dude. I don't want to see even Captain America 1. Great, fine movie. Don't need to see it again. Uh, Wonder Woman's. The first one, don't need to see it again. Good movie. 84, horrible movie. Also not seeing it again. Like, just when they're in these period pieces, you're like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, it just kind of depends if it's done right, you know. But... Yeah, I'm excited for Phase 4, Phase 5. I did kind of like that 1612, that Neil Gaiman, though. That was kind of cool. Oh, that I think... I think like, They could even throw that into the multiverse shit. We could do you something like that. Like, that would be really cool to have. I just... Those are the sto- side stories I want to see get done. Because those are also stories that you can wrap up in a very neat little, like, bow. Well, so... We'll wrap up here, so, you know, wrapping up. Yeah. We'll, we'll wrap this up in a minute. We'll talk shop news and stuff going on in our neck of the woods, but... Uh, that what if show I think is gonna be pretty cool. I uh, I'm getting more and more excited about yeah, it. Yeah, and I the little clips of the animation that I have seen. I'm like, this looks pretty pretty dope, and I think it'll be some cool, interesting stories. And I was feeling this when I first saw the stills. Was not excited at all. I definitely on record saying I thought it looked like shit. The more I saw the animation, though, it wasn't so like. Um, it didn't have that weird like flat but still 3D vibe going on. So once it beat that, I was like, all right, I can fucking get down with this. And then it now it looks well, then like you start to hear some of the storylines. Yeah, like, you're hearing some of the storylines. And I think some of these are it makes a lot more sense now with the multiverse is all fractured. And we have hundreds of thousands of timelines that are popping up. And it's cool that I think all those stories are going to be connected at the end of the day. I think those are going to be less. At first, I thought they were all just individual like vignettes of stuff where it's like, what happens if T'Chaka becomes Star-Lord? Right. And you're like, all right, whatever. But now that you're seeing like all these things, I think that's going to push this further story. And that's really what I've determined I care the most about is like, I just want to see how far we can push this entire universe. Yeah. Like this is something that's never happened in movies before. There's never been such a shared universe other than maybe like, honestly, Kevin Smith movies. Right. Are probably the next Kevin Smith. I don't even, I wouldn't even say Star Wars because I consider Star Wars to be a continuous storyline. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's just nine of one movie. Where like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I guess there's like the cartoons and sideshows, but that's just all one thing. These are all just like completely separate, different movies that all happen to share one universe and really other than like yeah the what is view askew mm-hmm. verse clerks three on the way i was gonna say i saw Lionsgate got the uh the okay my real question is i wonder if um is it dante or randall who 
has been adamant about not. I have no idea. I don't. I don't read into it like that. I was I'd, just, I'd rather not know which one of these guys are assholes or not. There's one guy who I think it's Brian Halloran who plays Dante. Okay, I was gonna say I know it's one guy who's just actively like I don't really want to do this, but it's also like, dude, you're not Tom Cruise. I a couple some nerds recognize you. Like there can't. There's no way. It's the same thing with all these actors that get not. I don't even want to use the word typecast, but have that set character where it's like they don't call him Brian. Everyone calls him Dante. You yeah, know? Like, that's yeah. true. And it's also he's not an actor. I don't think. I don't no, think he no. does anything no, otherwise. He he's probably worked some very regular job that he's just like I don't want to do. I would it. be very interested. Let's try to get him on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> hey Dante, my name's Brian. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Dante. Well, continuing on. <laughs> Um, what, what is that from where he's like, no, nah, I'm just going to call you this. I'm like, just, that sounds, it sounds like a between two ferns reference. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm excited for, how'd you feel? Are you a big, what's your go-to Kevin Smith movie and or series of movies? Uh, I mean, for me, it all comes back to Clerks 1. I mean, it's just, it's just such a, it's like. It, it created the whole like indie film scene, basically, more or it less. Really, like, it really, in that realm of like people that are making movies like Kevin Smith, does. I think it also made indie movies cool and not so up their own asses, for like a lack of a better term. Where, yeah, it made indie movies be like, oh yeah, I watch like now this is a cool thing to watch. Where before it was ultra art housey, and it's like a person cutting off their nipple like in a movie yeah. that's all in like. Uruguay, and you're just like, what the fuck is that? They're very like non succinct movies, and this was like the first time one just got big enough. Well, and also, so many people in these kind of flicks like go out of their way to make it look low budget. Yeah, this movie actually was, was just low, low budget. budget. Yeah, but it, but because of that, it just created this magic that it was a great film, and everyone loved it, and there yeah. was something kind of just so real life about it. Oh, I totally agree. I mean, I think it's one of those things where you end up watching them, and yeah, it is just a very normal, natural conversation. Like, Kevin Smith is a very big proprietor of, he's like, I'm really not great at making movies. I know how to make movies, and I know how to make movies that I make. But it's like, which is even better because you're like, cool, that's your own style. It, it, it just it connects with people. And that's why people love him so much. And that's why, and he's a fan of movies himself. So that's why he's like such a good, like does the meet and greets, does all that yeah. stuff. And, you know, he's, this is going to sound fucked up, but it's like, unfortunately, there are more unsuccessful people than successful people in the world. Thousand and, percent. You know, the concept of clerks, you're stuck in a dead end job, you know, kind of going over your life's decisions like it, it's so relatable everyone's been there except for you know crazy successful people or privileged yeah. people and you think he under every man's story. he understands that too of like this is the life this is what this is just how normal people like a lot of us are fucking losers at the end yeah. of the day <laughs> like, i mean and it's but he's made such a career off of like being able to make movies like that even fucking movies as fantastical as like dogma Still have this very just like, I'm just like a person, man. I don't know. I'm yeah. not like, I don't want to be special. Like, I kind of just want to get through life. Yeah. I don't need to have this like huge, like n importance. I overall. don't need this burden. Yeah, yeah. You know, it really becomes a burden to people where you're like, 
Dude, I don't want to be like God's chosen. Yeah, one. how many people are gonna make a movie where it's like, oh yeah, I find out I'm related to Jesus and like, yeah, I don't want anything to do with that. Yeah, <laughs> that's basically where she was at. Uh, speaking of Ke- Kevin Smith, they officially dropped the trailer for our new Masters of the Universe, oh. uh, He-Man cartoon. I could care less. I'm right, but directed by Kevin Smith and Mark Bernard. The guy who does um, whatever his one podcast is, uh, him and that guy both wrote the new series for it. And yeah, I was talking to someone. Masters of the Universe is such a weird thing that our generation has zero to do with it. Okay, like people need to understand something about cartoons from the 80s. They were literally just made to sell toys. For toys. People, they're, they're, they're not, the stories are terrible. My buddy, he's, he goes, dude, growing up, I was the biggest Thundercats fan. It was my favorite show. Fucking love the shit out of it. Didn't, and he, he's, he just turned 40. So he's, he's born in 81. I'm yeah. born in 91. You know, there's a 10-year gap there, and there's a lot to be said between those 10 years. But anyways, he goes, yeah, man, I, and I got my hands on the DVDs. I'm like, oh, shit, this is going to be awesome. I haven't seen this show in years and years. Sucked. I couldn't even make it through 10 minutes of the first episode. Yeah. Like... They are they're not good cartoons. They're, the stories suck, and they were literally just made to sell toys. No, I think the only one that ends up kind of holding holding better is Turtles because it was a comic book prior to that. Precisely. Because it was an IP before, and they just it happened to be a great toy line. Yeah. You know, then, and I think Turtles was one of the early ones that they were like, oh, fuck. Look at how many toys we're selling. Dude, just start coming up with TV shows that have a bunch of wacky characters that, you know, that's where you get your G.I. Joes and your fucking uh, Transformers and shit, where every character has its own little color palette, its own little specialty thing that is directly taken from, like, a Ninja Turtles. Well, yeah, and, like, the thing about the Turtles is... Speaking of Transformers, they didn't need Michael Bay to become popular. Oh, Michael Bay did make a Ninja Turtle movie, but they were doing just fine before that. Yeah. Transformers needed that because it, it was it was who cares? It was gone. Yeah, it, it was, was it was dead. It was in the ground. That Michael Bay, which don't get me wrong, first Transformers absolutely holds up. I think. Yeah, man. I'm not even I'm not a big Shia LaBeouf fan. I'm not a big Michael Bay fan, but that movie works really yeah, well. Like if you told me like, oh, they're gonna be like rescreening the first Transformers movie at like Crocker Park, I'd be like, I'll go see that. Yeah, I'll go see I'll, that. That is a movie theater movie. That is a good movie theater movie, but it's also, yeah, you're like, there's parts of those shows that you're just like, this is they did a Beast Wars cartoon that as a kid I remember loving, where it's Transformers but they're animals. Oh yeah, aren't they like rebooting that too? They're doing that's gonna be the next yeah. uh again movie. I, I, I don't care. I tried watching that <laughs> On, I remember my buddy got the DVDs for it. Watching about five seconds of that, you're like, one, I have a horrible headache. <laughs> this is so awful to watch. I can't understand anything going on in this. It's like, yeah, doing these gritty reboots of them now too, you only you have such a weird amount of people that like really fuck with those shows. Because it's people who either grew up on it or people who have absolutely never seen it. Because if you've seen it, and you're not into it, this is stupid. I don't care. I'm not watching Masters of the Universe anything. Yeah. But it's like, maybe if you don't know what it is, you might get into it. I don't know. It's a, it's a hard for me to tell. Yeah, let's just leave He-Man in, in 1980. 80s. Yeah, we're, and I'll be happy. 
So we got a couple events going on at the shop next yeah, two weeks. Yeah, so this Saturday we got my man Eli the Don dropping his new album Sith Lord. Amazing uh, to the whole thing. All the beats by my boy Hot Take. They're doing a couple special teas for the event that are very Stussy meets Star Wars. So you get some like breakdance and C-3PO on there. You get a lot of cool imagery. Yeah, sounds cool. Uh, that's this coming Saturday. And then next Friday, we have Buds 2, still Buds, <laughs> dropping. Um, it'll be going on all weekend, so it's a group art show. Hopefully, you're going to have about 20 to 25 different artists in here. Um, just a whole bunch of shit up on the walls. It'll be a good time. I'm excited for it. Come through, guys. Still Buds. Buy some art. And the- I was going to say, you got some stuff going on this weekend. I will be performing with Cats on Holiday at Cyanados oh, in the yeah. flats. Uh, it's going to be a good time, 5 to 8. Come check us out, playing some Zydeco, Button Box, Ooh. New Orleans-type jams, and some classic tunes in there as well. We got good weather coming Saturday? Not, last week, it was supposed to be scattered storms, but it's only Wednesday. We'll see what happens. Okay. I think we'll luck out. I really hope so, because I have a lot of fucking songs to learn. I don't want it to be for yeah, nothing. Yeah, you don't want to learn them for nothing? <laughs> yeah, So, but I'm, yeah, I'm just filling in on lead guitar, and it'll be a fun, fun event. Damn, dude, that's awesome. I mean, it's nice that we are officially kind of in the summer zone of like, you know, we're doing some fun it's shit It's been a again, fun dude. summer so far. It's starting, things are starting to feel like normal again. But, um, you know, life is short. So buy some art, see some music, and listen to Threads and Dreads. Enjoy the weekend. <laughs> Thanks for listening, y'all. We will be back next week. Peace.